to Dong Teeny, episode 65. On today's show, the ladies discuss their abilities as a team on The Amazing Race. Simone reveals herself to be a hypocrite as she poo-poos the Costco restaurant, and Steffi delivers some dubious facts about tuxedo cats. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Simone. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. Thank you, Stephanie. How are you, Dong, after your Costco dinner? <laughs> we had to push back recording time because we were having dinner at an establishment called Costco. <laughs> an establishment called Costco. <laughs> a fine dining I swear, establishment. My kids, like, I know, until recently, they like pretty much thought it was a restaurant. They're like, let's have dinner at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> so was that the sole purpose of your trip to Costco? You didn't go and buy, like, you know, 600 rolls of toilet paper? You just went... Oh. Oh yeah, we'll just go in and eat and then just walk right back out without buying anything else. Wow. It's kind of awkward because you have to go in past the people who are supposed to screen your receipt and make sure you're not stealing anything. <laughs> yes. kind of like, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, my Judah, our 10-year-old, he was saying the other day, he's like, Mom, you make the second best pizza in the whole world. And I go, who makes the first best? He goes, Costco. <laughs> <laughs> We were supposed to start at 7. We're now starting at 7.30. And uh, you're like, oh, is it okay if we push it back? And I'm like, sure. Because, listen, we were, it's already, we're already late. Today is Thursday. Usually our episode is out on Wednesdays. I was in Vegas. But, you know, we're determined to get you an episode a week. So bear with us. Thank you so much. But anyway, so we went to record yesterday, but my plane was delayed. And I was like, fuck this. I have to have dinner. And I just said, can we do it tomorrow? So already I've pushed it back a couple times. And then we had it for 7 today. And then she'd add 7.30. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, 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 fine. I've dicked you around enough. Now you can dick me around. And then she tells me it's for Costco. And I'm like, okay, no, I can't allow that for Costco. But no, but really, no, because here's, here's my reason. Here's my reason is I've had a Costco membership. I've been to Costco a number of times. And at the least in the Costco near where I live, there's pictures of pizza. All I see is pizza. And it looks like the greasiest pizza imagine, like just really bad photography. And it looks like they've laminated it to make it look extra greasy and shiny. So it just looks like the, the worst pizza imaginable. And I'm pretty, I'm, I really don't discriminate much with pizza. I'll eat pretty much any pizza that doesn't have meat on it. I love pizza. You know, I'll eat a pizza that's been sitting at Sparrow for three days under a heat lamp if I just am hungry. I'm like, I will eat that, you know? So the fact, yeah. so the idea of when I, all I see is pictures of pizza that looks bad I couldn't understand the idea of going to Costco for dinner <laughs> so but you tell me there's a Caesar salad that you get yeah I super love their Caesar salad that's what I always get but um their hot dogs are really excellent too except I, I saw a, a troubling documentary on how hot dogs are made <laughs> duh <laughs> so I have to like I have to be really drunk when I'm eating a hot dog now yeah, I but, met a guy uh, once no. who didn't, who met a girl that um, he thought she was kind of cute. It was at a show or something. And then afterwards, and he ate meat, so it wasn't a meat thing. But afterwards, she's like, you want to go out for hot dogs? And he didn't think he wanted to go out with her because she was willing to eat hot dogs. Like, there's something really <laughs> devolved <laughs> about her that she would eat anus like that. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. 
Yeah, so, uh, yeah, hot dogs are pretty, pretty gross. I mean, I, I understand that there are some fancier hot dogs that are all beef, but I think your run-of-the-mill hot dog is going to be loaded with anus and snout. So Right, like lips and assholes, or what's the movie that says that that's what's in them? I've, I'm not sure. I've never been able to figure that out. I just know that's a line from the movie, but... um. Yeah, my thing with food photography is that I always feel like it's lying to me in one direction or the other. Like, it, it looks grosser than it could possibly actually be, or it just looks way better than it could possibly actually be. I agree. So. Like, it, definitely you see pictures of things, you're like, oh my god, I've got to eat that. That looks amazing. And you get it, and it might taste great, but it doesn't quite have the magic of that photo. And I mean, a lot of those photos are taken, I mean, they're made with, like, plastic, or they're just, like, spraying water on it, and they're doing all kinds of things to make it look delicious. But since everyone's trying to... They do those food there's food artists that like work on commercials and do all this amazing stuff i would love to know more details about the their tricks of the trade but so but when it comes to something that looks bad in a photo like you get some menu in your mailbox for <laughs> local pizza place and that looks bad it's like this is how it photographed you couldn't even make it look you you put this out there like everything i always assume it's going to look worse than it is you know it's going to be worse <laughs> than it is so if it looks like shit in the photo i just don't really trust it which is why i've been scared of the of the costco pizza and i i would still eat it but yeah i just didn't understand going there for it but now you tell me there's other things what else is there on the menu what else is possibly because i really just there's thought it was like pizza and hot dogs there's something called a chicken bake which would be troubling to you because it's got like chicken and bacon in it but it is uh -huh. so good <laughs> <laughs> and then they have like hot like ice cream bars that are like for a dollar fifty, and they have um, like lattes for a dollar, which uh -huh. is like I think that's amazing. You know, it's just super basic. You know, hot dog and coke for like two dollars, and, and so anyway, you get like you know the Walmart crowd going in there right, to right. eat dinner. So gosh, though, I just realized as I'm sitting hand. here being all snooty about Costco, you know where I ate a couple months ago. Maybe Taco Bell, maybe. <laughs> no, no, that that was much more recently than a couple of months ago. I mean, come on. <laughs> no, of course. A couple of months ago, I had lunch at IKEA. <laughs> <gasps> oh my god, I love, I love that you're like, what eating at Costco? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just realized what a fucking hypocrite I was. Like, it didn't occur to me until this moment. So, um, but I was going there. I was going there to get something. And I was like, how, in my lunch break, because I'm close to an Ikea, and there's an Ikea right near my work. So I was like, I can get lunch at Ikea and do my quick run-in shopping. Because, you know, Ikea's an ordeal. If you can fit that into a lunch break, that's pretty impressive. But I did have to eat as well. So I looked on the menu. It's like, they have mac and cheese. I can eat that. You know, I was like, I just need one thing that I can fill the void with, right? So I go there. Yeah. But they had other things, too. They had, like, a little crepe with spinach and mushrooms in it. And they had a dessert oh, yeah. and an elderflower drink. So I just bought... All these little things and I was like this is really good so I actually was quite delighted my dessert was really really yummy so um, really? and it's all really cheap too so I was all thinking oh my god is Ikea now on my lunch circuit for work you know because <laughs> Well, if you I can't think IKEA this. is yummy, you'll think Costco is delicious. I think, I think so. <laughs> I think so. But um, but anyway, and the next day I had to I had to return stuff. I brought stuff home to like see how it looked on the sofa, and I was like, okay, these pillows don't look right. So I was I was back the next day, and I was totally and ready. To, no, I was totally ready to. And then the line was really long, and I had to say, oh, um. I guess I can't go. And I was really disappointed because I was looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, folks. I was just uh, kicked in the ass by myself in the process of this conversation. <laughs> you handed your own ass to yourself. I sure did. So, so that amazing um, race has started up. 
Oh my god. what I hear from you and Carrie, but I'm not watching it, so tell me what's going on. Oh my gosh. Well, The Amazing Race, there was a girl in it that had a, had two prosthetic legs. And she oh. was, yeah, so she was kicking ass. I was excited about her. But the main thing that I'm, without going into the details of the whole race, what I'm most excited about in the race is that there are twin girls and they were born in New York, but when they were three, their parents moved them back to Sri Lanka. And goddamn, oh. if they're not like me and Bunyan, it's so Whoa. exciting. They start bickering. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so exciting. I know. I have to watch it now. They're three twins. The yes. They're, they're so, they're so, so funny. And so like on the first episode, they had to do a table tennis. There was like one of them had to score one point against this Chinese ch- child champion, right? Oh, they're gonna lose. So one of them, you know, the thing where only one person can do it, and the other person just has to wait till that person finishes it. So yeah. one of them's going at it, going in, just couldn't get all the other teams that left, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And the other one's like, "Shut up!" And I'm like, "This is me and Bunyan fighting. Like, I can't wait for them to keep fighting because." I just want more because it's just so us and I called her like in the commercial break I was calling her at work and then she wasn't still at lunch and then I called again she's like what is it what is it I'm like we're on the amazing race <laughs> the thing with you and Bunyan is that like if, if she gets a bunch of voicemails and messages from you like going call me call me she knows it's either like a family emergency or something like really big has happened in the entertainment industry <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> something like this that's important to our own little world <laughs> and that's what it was and the other funny thing is that she and her husband Sam they always like they now call each other all the time like when they answer the phone they say what are you doing in like a Sri Lankan voice <laughs> so the fact that these girls are going what are you doing shut up it's just like it's just so us so they're not fighting as much in the second episode but I can't wait for them to just fight and just get in a bad situation because you know because I'm afraid to go on The Amazing Race. Like, I was like, I want to go on The Amazing Race so bad. I may have talked about this in the show before. And, I, and then I was afraid to go with Bunyan because I thought I'd be too mean to her. Because I'm just so competitive. <laughs> and, you know, I would just, yeah. And I think I think our relationship has improved immensely over the last few years. And I don't think I would be as mean to her. But I think in that high-stress situation. It might regress all the way I might back regress. Yes, she office. will regress. I will regress. Bad, bad things could happen. You know, I think I've come a long way, but you know, something like the race will bring it out of you. You know, I just I well, can't a couple go years ago, Greg was. Oh, I just remember Greg was saying that you and I should be on it together. Yeah, yeah, because you could eat the meat. You know, you're never as mean to your friends as you are to your siblings. <laughs> so, in the in the first episode, they had to eat fallopian tubes. <laughs> would you eat that if we were on the race together? Would you eat fallopian tubes? Oh. God, you ate anus and snout no and idea. lips and assholes. I have no idea how I would be under pressure. I would either like be able to shut down completely and just swallow it, like I do in some <laughs> situations, or I would absolutely freak out and pass out. I, I do not know which one I would do, but I think I would have an extreme reaction either way. So. Yeah, and I'd just be going off because, uh, yeah, because I couldn't eat it. It would just be up to you. But what would happen? This is my 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 opposite to that. Last season they did a trick thing where they're like, who's afraid of, or who likes to travel or something? But whoever thought that that was what they wanted to do, it was like a trick, and the other person to jump out of a plane, like the other, but that person had to drive a car to this pickup spot, and the other person had to fucking skydive, you know? So it was like kind of they didn't give the real thing so if something like that happened to me where it was like they, it was like okay I'll do that and then it turned out I had to eat meat and I just couldn't do it like how, how would you feel about that honestly like would you be like really I know you wouldn't probably say just do it just do it but in your heart would you feel like fucking just eat it 
I I have no idea. It would depend on how much money is on the line. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think if it was know. if it was for if you're racing to the finish line and something like that happened, mm-hmm. I th- I think I think where you're at in the race might determine where where, mm-hmm. where I would where I would compromise myself. Exactly. Because people's like it's like, for a million dollars and they're in the first round. Right. It's like no, it's not for a million dollars. It's just so you get to the fucking finish. You don't get eliminated. That's all. This is not for a million dollars. But if you're racing to the finish line, that is for a million dollars. And I think. I think in that case, I would do it and then like donate a bunch of money to the animal an animal rights cause. Because I mean, fuck, people are eating that all the time. So if I just ate it and got million dollars and then I right. got to donate a bunch of money, I mean, that's not what everyone else eating the steak is doing. So fuck, that's that's the only time I think I would really do it if it was really close like that. But yeah, but that's the whole thing. Like I can't, I, I would be too emotionally disturbed for life by those choices or mistakes or whatever. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm afraid to, yeah. to put myself on that or why I can't go on who wants to be a millionaire, you know? So yeah, I, <laughs> I'd be haunted yeah. forever by by a fuck up, you know. So oh. I know, like, like who's the guy in the World Series that the ball went between his legs? Oh, gosh. I can't remember that guy's name. But yeah. yeah, I just I every time I see a replay of that, I'm like that guy. You know that he like thinks about that every day of his life. Yeah, yeah, seriously, seriously. Oh gosh, like even like I mean, I get so emotional watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when somebody like makes the wrong choice and then like it just their number goes they go from whatever thousands down to one thousand dollars. I'm like, oh, like, it just hurts my very soul. And yeah, that's why I don't think I'm in that position. <laughs> but um, anyway, so um, I did mention that I'd been in Las Vegas. I just wanted to mention I hated. In case you haven't heard previous episodes, where I've mentioned hating Las Vegas. I have to go there for work. Um, yeah, but that's why our, our episode is delayed. <laughs> I saw an ad for Las Vegas while I was sitting in my hotel room, and it showed a lot of uh, scenes of. It's trying. To, it's really fun. It's like this ad for Las Vegas is presenting old Las Vegas that doesn't really exist anymore. You know, like they've got oh. this guy singing a song, like a crooner, and just everything's looking like they're showing more neon where it's available because there isn't as much neon anymore. And it's just, it's just painting this picture that doesn't exist. The other thing that was missing is there were no fat people in shorts or frat boys. Like the actual demographic, <laughs> or no old people. Like the actual demographic of Las Vegas, it just wasn't shown. But I just think it's sad. It's like if you you're showing this because you think this is what people want. Las Vegas to be, yet it's not what Las Vegas is, and that's why I don't like it very much. So yeah, the last time David was there for like the blackjack ball, he took all these pictures of he calls it "What Happens in Vegas Grays in Vegas." That's <laughs> 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 so why he named the album, and it was like all these old people at slot machines. He's like, you know, this is how it's nothing compared to how they advertise it. A bunch of drunk guys falling over in their girlfriend's lap at the tables. Um, a bunch of guys sitting at poker tables with their guts just hanging over, oh. like laying on the green felt. <laughs> and like a stripper, like just a, a washed up old, nasty, unappealing stripper, like in the middle of the blackjack pit. Just, and all these like losers with goatees just looking up at her. <laughs> yeah, those cocktail waitresses really hurt my heart, you know? They're just dressed oh. in those skimpy outfits, but you can tell they're just poor and probably have a kid at home that they're trying to support. Yeah. They're forced to dress really trashy. It's really sad situation. But, um, yeah, David says there's nothing worse than, like, a pregnant dealer. Oh, gosh. Who yeah. <laughs> you can tell is not even, like, 20 years old, you know? Oh, um. so tragic. Um... 
The other thing I wanted to mention from my 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 past week was that last Friday, have you, I don't know if you ever go on these things, these Halloween haunts where they like do you know like a whole haunted house type setup thing. Have you ever gone to those? I've been here for nine years, and we don't have Halloween in Australia, and I always missed it, and somehow oh. I never got it together to go to one of these. Mm-hmm. So I finally I haven't been to ones out since college. Probably. Oh really? Yeah, because cool, like um, the fraternity houses would always have. Like really complicated haunted houses. Go oh, on. I bet those were just excuses to like grab girls' tits, huh? Were they just like tit, tit <laughs> grabbing? <laughs> Gosh, imagine that if you could go in through Keg House and Steve Sanders grabbed your tit. But anyway, so my friend, uh, my friend Mike, he uh, actually, he's, I guess he's part of the haunt industry, which I didn't know existed, (laughs) but he he started like performing in haunts and being an actor in haunts, like since back in 91. And now he actually runs the haunts. He like orchestrates them and hires the actors and trains them and like plans them all out. So for this one place out in Woodland Hills. So um, so that's the one we went to. And yeah, and it was so exciting. I was like, I can't believe I've never done this before. But one of them, they, they, they grew a little cornfield and then you had to walk through the corn. So all these people kept jumping out and stuff from the corn and it was freaking me out, even though I was like, I knew it was fake. I knew it was fake. My friend Jean was visiting from Australia. So I was like, this is something great for a visitor to do, you know, because we don't do Halloween very much in Australia. So yeah, but just having people coming out from the corn, you know, was super super scary and it's pitch dark but anyway and, and, out from the corn. yes there were people coming out from the corn like with all this makeup and stuff and going and just doing crazy things but anyway about halfway through you can hear this chainsaw in the distance so we knew this chainsaw thing was coming up and so anyway we round this bend oh and then they, we're like we're like okay there's nothing there's nothing and then i just hear and then the chainsaw starts up and i just look at it and i'm like then we both just ran out of there so fast i'm like i don't even think that could even legally be a real chainsaw but i wasn't waiting around to, around to find out and i just ran out <laughs> of there screaming <laughs> it would just be so dangerous if somebody freaked out and ran towards them right. or something and like the sliced insurance them probably doesn't want them to have that there. seriously but anyway but i just love that i could be that scared knowing that it was it was fake you know oh, so, so do you like yeah. scary movies um, not, not really, just because I just think they're kind of lame. I used to be really into them when I was a teenager, but now I just think they're, yeah. they're just really contrived and stupid. And, but what do you think they, of they, ones like Cape Fear, you know, the old one from the 50s, or what do you think about Hitchcock and stuff like oh, that? Oh, no, I love like, Hitchcock movies. That's more like suspense and thriller than, than right. just like Saw That's what I mean by scary movies, like I guess, but yeah, yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, you no, like The that, Shining? that I'm into. Um, yeah, I like The Shining. I didn't see that until not the maybe Shining. the last six years ago, I mean, maybe, but yeah, oh, I didn't God, see that for the longest I love time. it so much. I should see it again, probably. But I did like it. I did like it. All the Hi, this is Stacy. Um, I realize this is a really heavy and serious subject, but I just needed to rant a little bit about Christian culture and funerals. Um, I went to this horribly heartbreaking funeral today for a five-month-old baby, and I can appreciate that it's very difficult when you're asked to officiate something so awful, and there there is absolutely nothing to say that is comforting. It's really all just putting Band-Aids on a broken leg, 
um, to use a terrible analogy, but this was particularly maddening because the pastor just kept saying, well, the Lord called this baby home to himself, and we thought we needed her, but the Lord, he needed her more, and I was just so angry when I left there, and it just reminded me of the whole frustration of Christian culture not being able to sit with pain, not being able to absorb it and just realize that sometimes life just fucking sucks and they can't they can't let that permeate into their souls, into their cells. They can't do that. And I just wondered if either of you had had frustration with um, funerals in Christian culture, even weddings in Christian culture, any sort of ceremony, it always seems like it's all just pat answers and pat advice and things that really have nothing to do with real life. They're more just empty words. So um, thanks for the show and uh, thanks for listening to this. And uh, I look forward to the next episode. So thank you, Stacy. Thank you for, for for sharing that with us. That's uh, quite a complex uh, issue. God, and it's and such a sad sad situation. But um, but Stephanie, I'll defer to you because I I dare say you've been in many a situation where people have I- invoked things like that. You know, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, I, I remember in particular this one a funeral I went to in junior high when my mom's friend died during sinus surgery so she's this young mother you know and um, uh-huh. um left kids or an elementary school age or a little little older so um it was such a christian funeral that um everyone got up and was saying things about how judy's life was permeated with christ and she was such a good witness and you could tell that judy's family wasn't down with this right <laughs> and so um they eventually got up in the middle like i remember one of her brothers is like judy's life was more than a bible verse <gasps> And like all all of his family started clapping, and no one else like said anything. You wow! Know? But I just I still remember the song that they they sang during the middle of it. Like my redeemer is faithful and true. Like, <laughs> so I mean I feel like Stacy just called it so perfectly that they are just grasping for anything to separate them from the pain because it's just so overwhelming. You just want to find a purpose in it because you're like, why did this happen? And, yeah, um, it's too scary for them to to think, you know, of of a god that they say is loving, like allowing something like this. Like that's terrifying. Yeah, your whole you know structure, your belief system of God being love is like going to fall apart or be seriously challenged. And so that's just why they can't hear anything about it. And um, it's exactly what she said. It's just they can't sit with the pain. They they have to make it trite somehow. They have to kind of. Um, distance themselves from it and that's exactly why they get so mad if you call them call them out on it or try to bring yeah. a question say what if this is then they can't go I, I know what if they are like rah, rah, so can I ask at that funeral that you're talking about that you went to um, uh-huh. at that time you were far more immersed in the evangelical um, yeah. culture I mean however you were always a bit of a bit of a troublemaker and not prone to just accepting <laughs> bullshit but what did you think of that at the time 
I think it made a big impression on me because I, I remember going, yeah, her life was more than a Bible verse. Like, why why can't they talk about that part? You know, why can't they talk about her humanity instead Had of like, where she is Had you been agreeing with it, like, and, in the first half when they first said that? Like, yeah, yeah. And then did you, yeah. like, yeah. It, like, challenged you immediately. Well, I, no, I think the whole time I was going, all right, like, this, is, this isn't Jesus's funeral. Like, this is for a person, you know, but everything we're talking about is about Jesus. Like, I, I do right. remember that. And... Um, so it was kind of refreshing but startling when the person got up and said, <laughs> "Right, <laughs> right." More than this. So, but yeah, I think that was kind of inspiring. It's like, yeah, like he's calling them out and going, "This yeah. is a person," and we don't know what happened or why exactly. Yeah, you know, we know what happened, but but yeah. what the fuck? She has little kids, and so that's yeah. so painful. You know, it's so much easier for him to see an old person die, like oh, they're at the end of their life. But when like a baby or, or a young mother, something yeah. like that happens, that's just way too tragic. And, yeah. It just has I, everything to do with them trying to separate it out. Yeah, but when I first heard that, like at first, my first reaction is being so annoyed that they, you know, just reducing it to, to that and just making it all about Jesus and, you know, just, and you know, to me, it's creating this false idea. Like, it's, it's like, how can we cope with this? Let's say that God really wanted the baby, you know, and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. making it about that. And and so mm-hmm. on the first hand, I mean, it's, 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 it's extra infuriating. It's like, just face it, that bad things happen sometimes. But then I sort of thought about it mm-hmm. more and I realized it's just more of a magnified version of sort of what people are doing with religion all the time you know it's it's mm-hmm. always something that you, you're you know oh i got this promotion thanks to god or you know the good thing that, you mm-hmm. know it's, it's it's the same principle it's just it's just got a much bigger magnifying glass on it when it's something as as horrible as a as a death yeah, of a five-month-old yeah. baby then you're suddenly like wait a minute why why does god need with this baby like why are we saying this is right. the reason but the same right. token it's like why would god give you a promotion why would god twist your bosses <laughs> out you know it's just, it's it's, it's it's essentially the same thing. It just magnifies it, you know, in in the more extreme situations. So 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 from from my perspective, it's sort of yeah, it's 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 essentially the same. The ongoing thing that I see with with religion is that just you know God did it for everything. Sort of when you can't explain or understand something, you're not really endeavoring to to yeah. to just accept that you know it just might might have been for any other reason. You know, so that's sort of how I interpret it. Yeah. Yeah, it's religion has nothing to do with with um, getting people closer to their own humanity. <laughs> it yeah. has everything to do with people checking out. Yeah, yeah, and same opinion. true with what she mentioned about with 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 weddings and stuff. I, and I think we've talked about it before. Just all that involvement of God mm. in the relationship. It just kind of <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, <laughs> like it's i don't know it's like inviting this this force and because you know god is different to different people if they believe in him so just suddenly deciding that this god that i've kind of came up with and you know how do you know it's even the same for the other person you know and suddenly he's like yep. this third person in this relationship and people just say all yep. this stuff like you put in the hard work in a relationship and then just attribute it to to, yeah. to, to god being there <laughs> I, I just picture god standing between the happy couple with his arms around their shoulders and good job kids you know it's just kind of yeah just people say a lot of empty things and take away the credit that the people deserve for for having a good relationship so yeah i know it dehumanizes them exactly it just makes them look like pawns on a chessboard totally pretty fucked up cool well thank you for your call stacy i hope uh, you enjoyed our response 
Now, our friend Ryan, gay Ryan, he, um, which is irrelevant to this story, <laughs> but I thought I'd mention it <laughs> just to help paint a picture. Anyway. <laughs> it does add to it somehow. I hate it to does. say it. Um, our very interesting and fun friend, Ryan, he wrote a blog last week and I loved it so much that I'm going to <laughs> read it to you. Yes. Uh, Ryan's blog is called Do-Si-Do, D-O-E-S-E-E, D-O-E, Do-Si-Do. And uh, anyway, at blogspot.com. Anyway, this uh, is titled, It's Not In My Vagina. <laughs> Okay, so he's called uh, a nurse at Kaiser about some red spots on his skin. Nurse. Hello, can I get your first name? Ryan. Ryan! Nurse. Hello, Ryan. What are you calling about? Ryan. I have these spots on my skin. Well, I, I think I don't need to, don't think I need to see a dermatologist. Maybe just the doctor. I don't know. They're tiny red and itchy spots, and I just. Nurse. Where are the spots? Ryan. Uh, uh, they're on my chest and stomach. About three or four of them. Not big, just small and red. And I just adopted two kittens from a rescue <laughs> shelter and they had ringworm. I've been treating them and it looks like all the ringworm is gone, but now I think I might have gotten it. Nurse. <laughs> what treatments were you using on them? Ryan. A sulfur dip. Nurse. Okay. And are your spots crusted over and oozing? <laughs> Ryan, oh no, they're just red and itchy. It looks more like acne, but just a few bumps and itchy. I've been putting Tenactin on them. Nurse, okay, that's good. Tenactin is on my protocol sheet. You can also use Ryan. Let me ask you something. When I took the kittens to the veterinarian, she said that the heat could kill ringworm and that we should put any bedding or scratching posts they've touched in your car and then park the car in the sun in the for the afternoon. What if I laid out? Nurse, excuse me? <laughs> Ryan, what if I laid out, like, in the sun, sunbathe? Do you think that might work for what I've got? Nurse, I don't know. With vaginal infections, you know, <laughs> where it's real moist and doesn't get much light, there's a lot of fungus. I imagine that... <laughs> sorry. There's a lot of fungus, and I would imagine that drying that out in the sun could help with the fungus that grows there. Ryan, it couldn't hurt, could it? I mean, at the very least, I'd get a tan. <laughs> Nurse... Yes, but you shouldn't expose yourself to too much sun. Ryan, oh, I know, of course. Nurse, but again, in the case of a, va case of a vaginal infection, treatments should take, could take weeks before you see signs of improvement. So if there was a backyard or maybe a roof where you could sunbathe in private, it might be worth a shot. Theoretically, it could work and would likely kill the fungus that causes vaginal discomfort, but it's not proven. Ryan, you know I don't have a vagina, right? <laughs> Nurse. Yes. Ryan. Just checking. Blackout. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh. What the hell was that? Ryan is just my favorite. <laughs> I know. How does this happen to him? Oh. He has the best stories. He has a story about how his dad fixed his Jeep in high school. And as Ryan was coming up to an intersection, the steering wheel came off in his hand. <laughs> See what I mean? This guy's amazing. He has the best stories like that. Yes. <sighs> None of them are even gay stories. <laughs> you should hear his gay stories. Oh, boy. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you, Ryan, for that. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I was in utter dismay when I read that. 
Oh, yeah, you immediately emailed me and you're like, you yeah. have to see Ryan's book. <laughs> <sighs> so, Stephanie, what do you have for us? Well, my friend John is a therapist here in Seattle, and the other day he tweeted, I've been hired to teach empathy today to the Seattle police officers that are in training. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> so I immediately write back, and or I texted him so that he could give me details instead of put it all on Twitter. But I'm like, ooh, you have to keep me posted. He's like, oh my gosh, right now I'm in the Seattle Police Department's mock city and I'm supposed to be acting mentally ill. Do you want me to bring you into it? I'm like, yes. <laughs> he goes, all right, I'll be texting you. And so I get a text from him. He goes, I'm texting you right now in their mock library and they're asking me to leave and I'm telling them to get the fuck out of my kitchen. <laughs> he goes, then the cops totally took down someone who, who they'd already been radioed in that they, um, the dispatcher said that he wasn't armed and the cops took him down anyway. And this older MILF lady cop just yelled at him so hard and it was so hot. <laughs> So then later he, he just gave him a big speech about, you know, what the mentally ill are capable of and, and what how to be compassionate towards them and um, how to tell like what kind of Ill mental illness they might have and ways to proceed and safety and, and not to use excessive force and stuff. So I thought that sounds like a pretty exciting, rewarding day at work. And I was jealous. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> But I just, I loved it. I was getting these texts. He's like, all right, now they're doing this. <laughs> He's like, I'm telling them to back away from me because I'm texting you. <laughs> wow. <sighs> so that was exciting for Does me. Does he have any more sessions with them? I would like to hear more. He said it was just that one day. Oh, but, that's too bad. Um, Maybe he'll get another bunch of trainees. Yeah. Um, now, I just wanted to mention, we have uh, in California... Proposition 37 coming up, and I'm very oh. uh, concerned about this. It's it's to have a uh, labeling of GMO foods. Uh, yes, yeah, so all foods in California have to have uh, labeling for stuff with GMO. And the no on 37, so that's yes. If you want to have the labeling, is yes. If you want to have no, the people for no are calling it stop the deceptive labeling scheme. So it makes it sound like, oh, oh yeah, I don't want deceptive labeling. So they're they're trying to push for <laughs> for, for that. I, I'll vote. No, but yeah, people want to vote yes, yes on thirty-seven, and this, yeah, yeah. And some of the people for no, like more reasonable people, are saying, well, it would just put too much. It, it, they're just saying it'll put too much uh, pressure on on the you know the 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 whole turnover to get the labeling done and putting pressure on the businesses. But I, I still disagree. I'm still very much against Monsanto and and their desire to keep us from knowing this. And a few months ago. Um, when I was in Australia, my dad was watching an episode of Dr. Oz, so I was just sitting there, so I watched it too, but they were oh, talking Dr. about, Oz. he's pretty good, um, he seems very just, you know, straightforward and not like he's taking sides, but anyway, they had people talking about GMO foods, pro and against, and they'd invited Monsanto to come in, and this is what Monsanto, they just gave this statement, they didn't want to appear on the show, but they said, there is no need for or value in testing the safety of GM foods in humans. So long as the introduced what? protein is determined safe, food from GM crops determined to be substantially equivalent is not expected to pose any health risks. Further, it is impossible to design a long-term safety test in humans. In what? other words, it's too hard. We can't do it, so let's just oh, not. So, I mean, this is the, they think this is a reasonable a reasonable uh, 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 answer to this. So, um, yeah, and also there's some studies no, coming out, I think, in Denmark. 
Did you is say GMO what? gluten or what is it? Oh no, genetically modified um, foods. Oh. Yeah, where they oh, take. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, God, we have to know about that. Yeah, yeah. So, the agriculture industry is not going to want you to because it's so much cheaper to genetically modify everything. Yeah, because they're putting stuff so in things, government pressure, weird so. mutant, you know, genes to make things, you know, more resistant to this and that and grow firmer and harder and stronger. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I did that. Well, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> but, um,. You know, but th- 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 there's no, not really testing done to see the, the, the repercussions of this down the road because these things keep mutating to, to, to deal with the changes. So, you know, you can't just say, yep, it's on its way, it's done. And I think there's been some tests in Denmark recently that have shown some uh, some effects of, of, of the GMO foods. So, so yeah, yeah. So, so so this this measure in California, yes on Prop 37, is to have labeling so you can decide. And I'm not saying I'll, I'll avoid them all the time, but I think I'd like to be able to know if I want to avoid those oh, things that anyone should be able to know. know so so yes yeah, so yes on 37 californians thank you that's my my uh my piece for the day but stephanie would you like to close us out with uh, cat facts <laughs> i would like to close us out with cat facts because julie klausner read these on her last podcast and i was so in awe of these facts that i had to go look them up because they seem to be from a legitimate website. Okay, this is from about.com. Uh-huh. Um, cats.about.com. And they're facts about tuxedo cats. And I was immediately intrigued because my cat growing up was a tuxedo cat. His name was Sox. It's black with like a beautiful white chest and a little perfect spot in the middle of his tiny and you're like, Oh, God. Ham, Mabba. Ham. That's what my sister's time He was the cutest cat. He was so flexible, and he did not mind me holding him like a baby and putting his entire paw right in my mouth. So, um, I was very excited to read these facts about tuxedo cats, but I could not believe that they were presented in this serious fashion. Okay, this lady named Franny Sufi, S-Y-U-F-Y, she has all these credentials, and this is how she writes. She wrote... I was amazed and mystified to read some of these facts, although friends owned by tuxedos may agree with many of them. Um, The truth will become clear as you read further. One fact, which is indisputable, is that tuxedo cats are stunning. (laughs) So this is the intro. Okay. So, this is in section one. The superior intelligence of tuxedo cats. Tuxedo cats are significantly more intelligent than regular cats, including all other breeds and varieties. Research indicates that this difference may be as great as 200%. Okay, that's just like a weird statement, right? Okay, next. Environment of the tuxedo cat. People who win lotteries are statistically more likely to live with tuxedo cats. All right. Um, tuxedo cats in the arts. In recognition of their formal attire, tuxedo cats are the only felines admitted to performances of the Metropolitan Opera. The musical style known as the blues is widely acknowledged to be inspired by the nighttime serenades of lovesick tuxedo cats. (laughs) Okay. Um, She has no references for these. Tuxedo cat popularity. This is my personal favorite. Tuxedo cat is the most Googled term on the internet after free porn. Okay, in her last section, which is called Other Amazing Facts About Tuxedo Cats. Okay, one fact. This sounds totally legit, right? As kittens, 
tuxedos will open their eyes 24 hours before regular cats. Okay, that sounds like a decent fact that I can believe. Um, another one says, tuxedo cats can add single-digit numbers and perform simple integrations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a little less plausible, but here's the last one. Tuxedo cats can, in an emergency, drive a car. <laughs> Like you know, things in italics and 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 wait, you know, go for it. See for yourself. Facts about tuxedo cats at cats.about.com. <laughs> Just wow. decide for yourself how legitimate this website is. Holy shit! Wow, I would say <sighs> zero. I was LOSing all over the place in That's my cubicle. Amazing. Wow. Oh, well, thank you for that. <sighs> yes. Thank you, listener. We love you. Um, if you are going to go to Amazon to buy your tuxedo cat cat food and dildos and lube, please click through Dongtini so we get to kick back and we can stay on the airwaves. Yes, please. <laughs> this, this is terrestrial radio. Um, and please call the voicemail and leave us a message so that we can play it and then make fun of you. 323-301-DONG. <laughs> Dong is a wiener. And until next week, bye, Simone. Bye, Stephanie.
This podcast operates independently in partnership with FeralAudio.com, an artist-friendly podcast collective. This artist reserves the rights to their materials. Visit FeralAudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast.